We are taking a chaotic and destructive plunge into the filmography of Charlie's Theron. This week's movie, we are reviewing Battle in Seattle. My name is Bob Shields, and with me, as always, are my co-hosts Robin Hitchcock, hello, and Regina Connolly, hello. So, do we have one sound review for the Battle in Seattle? Which does anyone else think of that in the same tune as Bananas and Pajamas? Yes! I kept doing that! I was trying to fall asleep and I couldn't because I was like, the battle in Seattle is really depressing. <laughs> Alright, well, uh, my one sad review is. Ugh. Uh, mine is. Oh, oh, you know. Oh, yeah. Mine is. <sighs> so, yeah, this movie's hard to watch. I think is what we can establish. But not even in like the good hard to watch way. Yes, it's trying to it's trying very hard to be in the good hard to watch I way. I think so. But it's not quite hitting the mark. So I liked this movie more than I thought I would. And full disclosure, I took a I took a break. I watched half of it and then I was like, nap time and then waited a full day to finish it. And I think that might be the better way to watch it. But I sort of was going in expecting to like mm, I'm not gonna care for this. So I think it like it exceeded my expectations, but I was still disappointed in it. And the thing I said to Bob Shields that I think holds true is I think watching this movie today in what people annoyingly keep referring to as the golden age of television, I just kept thinking I would rather this was a miniseries in this in the style of like The Wire or something oh, else where it was yes. like. I think that this movie tries very hard to have a broad brush, and it's like, we're going to show you the protesters' perspective, the police perspective, the government, the press, uh, an innocent bystander, and I, I kind of was like, that's too much, so that everything from those groups felt like platitudes to me, and like, not in-depth, so I don't know, I, I felt like it was both like, too wide a lens, and not narrow, and yeah. focused enough. Of yeah, so, for everyone who is saying, Battle in Seattle, what is that, because no one remembers this movie exists... This is a 2008 movie written and directed by Stuart Townsend. 2007. 2007, I apologize. It's a decade. Happy decade anniversary. Okay. Stuart Townsend, at the time, was Charlie Theron's longtime partner. That's why I knew his name. Yes. I was like, why do I know him? And yeah. Robin wasn't here for me to ask. Is that the only reason I know him? Is he an Eon Flux? Correct. He, he is, is the guy who kisses her in the beginning of Eon Flux and disappears. Okay. Yeah. So that's why she's in this movie. Mm. There is actually a decent cast. So yeah. I, he he pulled some clout from somewhere, possibly through his dynamic. But anyway, <laughs> it is a movie about the 1999 World Trade Organization protests in Seattle, which do you remember happening? Was that a worldwide news story? I, it probably was, but okay. I was too young to care. All right. Because it was a big deal. Yeah, right. I definitely remember it. And I felt like it coincided with... Like, I was the right age to be like, wait, what? Yeah. When that was happening. I mean, it's also just so weird looking back at, like, <laughs> Bill Clinton was president pre-9-11, pre-Iraq War, right. pre-Trump, like, uh, like such a simple time, and 
in, you know, in my memory, like when everything was fine, right. but all of the stuff that they were protesting is stuff that contributed to all of the horrible stuff of the last 17 years. Right. So it's kind of like, they were right. Yeah. yeah. Which is troubling for me because truthfully, my instinct is to, and was at the time to be like, cool it hippies. <laughs> Right. Well, that's one of the things the movie suffers from and never really gets over is the fact that it just feels ineffective. It tries to, to tries to deliver like a happy ending, like all the protesters end up happy and tries to like paint them in a positive light. But the whole time you just feel like this is all rushing towards no actual conclusion. I think it's time for Ebert or Niebert. <laughs> Let me pull that one up. While you're pulling it up, a thing that, like, I wanted to say about it that I found, like, frustrating, and I think maybe this is representative of what the protests were like, it was a bunch of loosely affiliated organizations, like, the unions weren't necessarily working with other people, it wasn't all, like, in concert, like, there were a lot of disparate views, etc., but I felt like all the views of the main character protesters were very vague, like, I knew that Django was like, I like turtles, but other than that, and that they used the actual catchphrase Teamsters and Turtles, which was from the protest... But I just felt like everything was like a one line simplification. Yes. And because protests feel so like important right now in particular, I mean, I think they're always important, but it just is like, I don't know, like every time it was like a simplification of like, don't, don't be an anarchist. Don't tell me what to do. The end. It, like, yeah. I don't know. I was just like, I was just so hungry for like more. Every perspective was a cliche. Yeah. Leave Ebert or Mebert. I'm left wanting to ask the filmmakers what so many had asked of the demonstrators. What exactly are you hoping to accomplish here? Uh, Ebert. Ebert. That's a Mebert! <laughs> yes, because seriously, guys. <laughs> I mean, this movie is very, like, what do you think this movie is, is gonna do? Like, who who are you helping with this story? I got the impression, and I could be wrong, that the point of this movie was that those protests were being forgotten and that they wanted to keep it in the public eye and show... This is also influenced by me thinking that this movie was from 2008 because I was like, oh, this was right when the crash was happening. Mm -hmm. Like, this is when, like, right before Occupy started. So, like, mm -hmm. it's def they're definitely... I wouldn't have thought of the protest as at risk of being forgotten. Okay. But if it is 2007, then that makes a difference. I also questioned the filmmaker's style, where it leaned into documentary techniques, but at the same time was not a documentary, and had fictional characters with, in my opinion, melodramatic storylines. And I was like, is a protest, like... Is a protest of this scale and of this scope and unprecedented nature not enough of a drama for you that you also have to shoehorn in, like, dead a brother. romance here, a dead brother there, imperiled pregnant lady here? Like, it just, it felt like, pick your movie. And again, like, either I wanted this to be a miniseries that successfully, like, drove a narrative arc and used narrative to, like, reflect on the world or just be a documentary and actually show me, like, the footage of what was going on. Like, there's plenty of footage of those protests. Actual review says, don't watch this, go watch X documentary. Oh. There you go. Yeah. yeah. I think that makes sense. <laughs> so he does give it three stars. He's like, this is fine. Right. Go watch whatever documentary. So uh, let's talk about Charlize and her role in Harold mm -hmm. Pregnant Lady. This is obviously a sprawling cast, right, going in and out of different stories. There's cops, there's protesters, the mayor and the governor. By the way, fictionalized characters, they didn't use the actual mayor and governor's names. Mm -hmm. Why? Why? Okay. Uh, getting sued, probably. But Defamation? 
They did, they did make them seem kind of at odds and incompetent. Yeah, but like, they're telling a true story. I don't yeah. think you really can get sued for writing a movie about a mayor. It's a public figure. I have no idea. You yeah. are a lawyer. I just, I'm just curious. <laughs> <laughs> don't tell them. <laughs> you could be a good lawyer like Dexter's sister. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Anyway, when Colin and I started watching this, he was like, he's like, how many got killed in Seattle and I was like I don't think anyone did and then he's like I think somebody and I was like oh you know what I think someone had a miscarriage okay oh that's an actual thing from pause put a little pin in that okay <laughs> so then Charlize pops up five months pregnant and we're like oh no okay <laughs> not knowing that that was a story from the actual protest the moment that she arrived on screen and was getting a scan I was like well I know what's not coming to term right whatever's happening in there right and it just I, Bob didn't find it as annoying as I did. I was, like, furious with this plot yeah. line. It's dumb. But wait, wait, pause. So <laughs> then I, we watched the movie. Spoilers, Charlize gets hit with a nightstick and has a miscarriage. We, I went and looked it up. That didn't happen. Oh, they're not pulling that from real that, life. No. And what did come up, the, the worst injury in the Seattle riots was somebody was blinded. Oh yeah, and uh, and they won us in a settlement and blah blah blah. But and that um, is a terrible injury, right? Yes. Oh, and like plenty of people were hurt. I'm not yeah. trying to diminish what happened, but nobody miscarried. But in 2011, at an Occupy protest in Seattle, a woman claimed to have miscarried after being kicked in the stomach by a police officer. So I was like, oh, I must have been remembering that mm-hmm. and like throwing it back more than 10 years but what's also interesting is that that happened after this movie mm-hmm. and then also she was discredited mm-hmm. yeah so i mean look who knows it, it's one of those things where there were inconsistencies in the story blah 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 women lie about everything <laughs> we're foul temptresses and <laughs> we use our uteruses to control men <laughs> Well, the thing that bothered me about this plotline is, so Charlize is the wife of Woody Harrelson, who is a average cop man, who's got promoted and is the, he's represented as like the older, more knowledgeable officer to Channing Tatum. Yeah. But Charlize, we see her getting the scan. We see her be ambivalent about being pregnant because she could have gone on traveling and God knows you can't have a child and also travel. So, you know, she's torn. And then she has the miscarriage because she's leaving work and she's like swept up in the protests and she's trying to find a way to get home but there are no buses running and there are no cabs because the cabs are on strike and it's like it's a really creepy scene it is i think the scene of her getting swept up in the protest is very nerve-wracking and it is one of those like when she says like how am i supposed to get home like i i like that they included a way that the protest affected the average seattle citizen who may or may not be a wto member or a protester but it still has like ripple effects But I personally felt like using a beautiful white woman who is pregnant as someone to see, like, the saddest example of, like, tragedy from this, I didn't, I just didn't like that. And I I felt like they were like, look, she's both, you know, doubly innocent because she has an unborn child and she had nothing to do with protesting. And that, to me, whether right or wrong, felt like they decided that if they showed anyone getting injured at the protest as a tragedy, that there was some element of like, but they deserved it. So it wouldn't have been as sad. Right. Like if there was a pregnant uh, woman in the protest who miscarried, it would be like, well, she, she took herself there. She wanted to do that. But Charlize was just like an absolute collateral damage thing. And I just, whether or not that's right or wrong, like that just rubbed me the wrong way. I completely agree. It felt disingenuous. 
but I, I so I also think that's a cliche uh, and it's something I could do without. But I'm like, but that is also a a fact of the chaos. Like it factors into what makes this a chaotic situation that affects everybody in various different ways. And like, so I'm like, I liked the fact that it like it painted with a broad brush uh, and like hit a lot of different marks. So like you had. The, how it affects the protesters and like their preparedness for it and you had the establishment so you had the police and the politicians and the WTO members and their like how it affects them and stuff and then you like to have Ke- uh, Keanu how you have Charlize and her like unpreparedness for it was like something that would have been absent from the movie if her, her character had not been included and I, while I think it is an extreme example and over the top uh, for her to be pregnant and suffer a terrible miscarriage um, I do think that that is a valid perspective to show I agree I think that maybe if they had given it some more nuance other like she just feels like a pawn here she she does and I I think like she as always like acts her heart out in the role but I think like maybe if any of the characters had been slightly more dimensional but it was just sort of like you saw her get hit you saw her have bloody hands, you see her in the bed, like, screaming and crying, and then the rest of the movie, you just see her sad, and that's it. Like, I, I mean, I don't know what more I wanted them to do. I mean, there's I just not enough. Wanna... There's not enough movie, really, to spend on her, but it is right. it is disappointing. Yeah, you can definitely argue that if you don't have the screen time to do it justice, you should do a less extreme version. I also think that, so there's an earlier scene where she's shopping for baby clothes with her colleague, and while they're in the store, someone smashes the store window. And I would say, like, that effectively shows, like, I'm just living my daily life, and this is a scary thing that is happening. You know, there's glass flying. And then she has the exchange with the protester who's like, mm. you know, do you want your kid to make clothes in a sweatshop? And she's like, no, of course not. She's like, then don't fucking shop here. Yeah. And I felt like that, I felt like that scene was better than the miscarriage yeah. scene. Like, the miscarriage scene was more dramatically higher stakes, but I felt like that was a smaller, less often seen interaction. So I felt like that yeah. was... I like that, and I also like the part where she's, like, just doing her job and, like, she's just, like, exchanging something over a counter with someone, like, in a nice bag in whatever store she works she in. She works in a jewelry store. Mm-hmm. And then, but but you see behind her, there's, like, the street is filling with tear gas. Yeah. And you're like, well, that's... And, like, they're just carrying on their normal, like, thing. Then you just suddenly, as things approach, like, things just start getting louder and crashing and banging and stuff like this, and then people start to look worried. But, like, I that whole sequence for me really worked. Okay. Like, uh, the, the whole, like, rising tension uh, and, like, you just, the whole time, like, she's trying to get away from the protesters, but then she's running into the police and doesn't know what the police are gonna do, so then you have to run away from them. And, and how well. everything's foggy because of the tear gas. Like, that was a very scary scene. It was, I thought, I thought that worked, I thought that was the whole, the best sequence of the whole movie. Now, did you, were you, like, Regina and I, where you were like, okay, she's pregnant, she's gonna miscarry that baby? I thought probability was high. Okay. But I was like, I didn't think that the movie would take it to that extreme, so when mm. it happened, I was like, oh, that's disappointing that it yeah. actually went. And I was like, and it's also hard and horrible to watch. So I was just like, th- this movie's tone is uh, a, a little, uh, like, moves the needle a little too far, I think. Yeah, I, I like, another sequence that I, I liked, in addition to, like, the Charlie's attempting to escape and being unable to, is I liked Channing Tatum was a cop, and he has to put on civilian clothes to go get more tear gas. And he gets stuck in the protest and can't get back to the officers. And gets beat up by a cop. Correct. And I liked that 
illustration of like the blurred lines of that was a great representation of the chaos of the situation right. i agree they and also did something with with Channing tatum's character i liked where he started to have fun right pretending to be a protester yes right and like I, they're like the drum circle element of these protests like i think that that's an interesting thing to examine like some of of what makes these demonstrations what they are is that the, it's like a infectious enthusiasm. Exactly. Yes, right. Absolutely. Like young people have FOMO as much as they have <laughs> hardcore beliefs about what is right yes. in the world. And also like, I think like a thing that is important about them or like the appeal of them is people not feeling alone. Yes. And also I think that shows how you can not feel alone, even when you maybe have views that are antithetical to the people that are around you, but you can get swept up in it. Right. Where it's like, he is not, on their side necessarily. Right. But it's just like, yeah, it was still fun to be here mm-hmm. in a yeah. way. Uh, so I, when I lived in Edinburgh for a while, I was a press photographer. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, at the same time that Occupy Wall Street was going on, or Occupy Edinburgh as it was. Uh, and so I covered it for my agency. Like, I spent a lot of time with those people in those camps uh, and, like, in a building that they took over later. And the whole atmosphere of it that is rendered in the movie is really accurate like awesome. it's really good uh, i think that's maybe why i like this movie better than the two of you but i like that that infectious attitude like well i was never really a hardcore believer in anything occupy wall street so far, like i generally agree with them right but i think that, that you know they were ineffective and while their heart was in the right place they were going in the wrong direction kind yeah. of thing. Um, but yeah, they were, they had a good fucking time. Like, it was very infectious and very, uh, kind of, like, easy to get swept up and to appreciate what they were trying to do, um, even if you did not agree necessarily. I think a reason that you maybe liked it more than me is I found it very heartbreaking. Because, like, I think I do agree with many of the things that they're talking about. Yeah. And for me, it's just like, it feels so ineffective and it feels right. so hopeless. Mm. And particularly now, like in the political era that we're in, like, I feel like in, not that I don't think the stakes of what the WTO protests were about are low, but like the black lives matter protests feel like so much higher stakes. And I really like want to believe that there's going to be something meaningful as a result of that. And to watch a movie about something in 1999 and it'd be like, Oh yeah, no, that all that stuff is still having like, disastrous consequences i was like pause i need a nap like this just like i I think like yeah i think part of the reason i didn't like the movie as much as i would have liked to is because it's just i I feel like a bit in a defeatist era so it's hard to watch something that's like slow and steady be a turtle everything's gonna be fine but is that what this movie is saying i mean like this like they successfully disrupted this organization and then they like go through the next decade of what the wto did in like title cards Mm -hmm. and it's like a lot of evil stuff. Right. Like, it's yeah. basically, they they accomplish nothing. So, I like, the reason I wrote that Ebert thing is I'm like, it's very clear that the main sympathy lies with the protesters. Correct. Yes. And it's very clear that they're trying to be sympathetic to all parties, which I think is a good way of going about this. Like, because mm-hmm. I, I am sympathetic to the cops. They're just doing their job. And then they start beating people up pointlessly. And then I'm like, you shouldn't be doing that. But it doesn't mean <laughs> I'm not sympathetic to them. Mm-hmm. But I'm white. So what I guess I'm trying to say is, is this movie meant to be hopeful? It's hard to say because I, I what it convinced me is that uh, protest is ineffective. Yeah, that's sort of how, that's, I mean, <laughs> yeah. but I, that's what my view coming in ahead of time was. Not that I don't, I don't, I, I just, like, this is definitely just going to bring out like personal stuff. Cause like I thought about right. two things. One thing I thought about a lot was I lived in 
Pittsburgh when we had the G20, mm-hmm. which was what, 2008? Mm-hmm. And it was awful because mm-hmm. uh, I live in the college neighborhood here, Oakland, and like I basically like had to like stay in my house or get arrested at one point. And then we were, were you there that night? I don't think so. Okay. So this was back when Friday Night Improvs was a thing. And so even though like they kept shutting down campus and stuff, it was like, we're having FNI tonight. And I had been so, I had so much anxiety and like, just so upset. I'm like, I'm doing it. I'm making myself go. I made Colin come with me. And then the cops came into the cathedral and they were like, you can't leave or you're going to get arrested. And this guy came in with a bloody head. I don't think I was there. Okay, yeah. That seems like a thing I would remember. Yeah, and he's like, I'm a journalist. Uh, He's like, you know, I need somebody to take my statement because I just got hit by a cop. And And I was very like... It was weird. I was like, I don't know if you did. It was one of those things. And again, I'm like my, like, I'm a liberal person, but this is where I'm like, you whippersnappers. (laughs) Like that side of me definitely comes out. Protesting the G20 to me is a very strange thing to do. Like I understand protesting the World Trade Organization, but like protesting the G20 is like diplomacy. (laughs) Like I don't get it. Like I guess you're saying like, here are concerns. Right. But it really more seemed like they're like, world leaders meeting, Yeah, this is a good excuse for a riot. I know I sound like such, like, I sound like well, I should be in my armchair agreeing with Hannity right now. I feel so guilty. But, like, <laughs> seriously, what was going on there? So I feel like what, what this movie convinced me of is not necessarily that protesting is effective. I think disruption is ineffective. Whereas, like, the protest should be there to express whatever concerns you have. Right. But what they attempted to do was to disrupt the the conference which was not effective because while they they like, did they it stopped they, they successfully they, stopped the oh, conference they, but it didn't achieve they, any of their goals exactly gotcha. okay, that's, that's what I mean so I'm like so yeah so you can you can do that but like what well, Andre three thousands whole thing of being slow and steady wins the race they are also being slow and steady and yeah more so than the protests are, are able to do so I was like yeah what their their goal was ineffective like their short term goal but I like protest itself can work if you're doing it for the right reason. So the other thing I wanted to say, though, is that I lived in South Africa, right? That is a country that was under a evil, racist, oppressive regime for years and then wasn't in large part because of mass protest actions. Yes. And so I should know that protests are vital and effective through that. I think the thing that the movie is trying to say is that protests will not get clear-cut resolutions. And even mm. if they have like a massive number of people... Uh, won't be able to articulate a specific set of goals and have those goals met. But I think the movie is arguing very hard for the individual hopefulness of it because the individual narrative of all of the characters ends on an up note. So I think what the movie is trying to say is you might not be able to completely affect what is going to happen with the WTO, but as long as you're doing the things, like as long as you're showing up to these events and working towards the things that you care about, that that is what will lead to like hope and happiness on an individual level. Like the protesters all end as a like, we're going off to the next thing. And they're all like career protesters. And I think the movie comes down on the side of individual agency with like blinkered understanding that you can't necessarily have global impact. If that makes any sense. Yeah. And and like, that's a thing that I feel like I have to hold on to, like in the current era where I'm sort of like, yeah, like Trump being president makes me feel totally like a useless piece of chaff in the wind of America. But that not doing anything makes that true, and doing something might make nothing happen, but on an individual level, that's the only, like, hopeful element that you can have. 
I, I think, guess I just, I, I, again, it's like my whippersnapper thing. I'm like, <laughs> why is it helpful to these people? That guy's brother died because of protesting. And what, what's her face? Connie Nielsen, the journalist. Who's Connie Nielsen? Is an actress. She was also a devil's advocate. Oh, she's Wonder Woman's mom. Wonder Woman's mom. That's right. where I know her. Yes. I thought she looked familiar, but she was wearing a lot of clothes. She was also in a weird juvederm phase. Oh, can we talk for a second? We have strayed uh, very far from the plot of the movie into our own uh, moral quandaries in the modern era. But I just want to say that one thing I was like, what the hell is going on? Is So she was a journalist with a cameraman who seemed to have no idea what it meant to be a cameraman. I can't deal with that character. Every time there was any news happening, she was like, let's do this. He was like, what? You want me to film now? What, what, what do you mean? And she was like, yes, film this. And he's like, should I keep it? Should I not keep it? And then she was like so weirdly depicted of being like, I'm angry. Then I'm not angry. Then I'm a protester. And then they hug at the end. And I was like, what? This it guy was is such not a weird arc. He's not equipped to be a cameraman. It seems like he's a temp. Like I had <laughs> no idea what was going on. I have another question. Who did Joshua Jackson play? I have no idea. Okay, I didn't know he was in the movie. His name pops up in the credits, and I'm like, what? Yeah, I, I did not see him. He's in. All. He's allegedly in the film. Maybe he's the brother that got shot off screen. Oh, maybe. No, you never see him. I'm just <laughs> a thing that I wasn't sure about is so there is a scene where Ray, who's like the main protest leader, and Lou, who is a protest add-on, who participates in some of the more like flashy elements of what they're doing, like, hanging the sign at the beginning. So they're, like, walking, and then they see an anarchist, like, smashing a shop window, and then they have a confrontation with that person about, like, you smashing the shop window is going to derail everything that we've done. And because they were part of, like, the black block outfit, where it was, like, the, you know, all in black with the thing, I thought for a second, I was like, is this Channing Tatum? Because he was wearing, like, civilian clothes, and I was like, is this them trying to show that, like, the cops went undercover to, like, derail things by doing this? And I had to watch that again, and I think that was not Channing Tatum. Okay. That scene also, I think, is a really sort of ham-fisted scene, but it also had the best uh, line of dialogue that read, like that showed the, the difference between the two kinds of protesters. Oh, yeah? Where he had the whole thing, is like, we're supposed to be non-violent, and the other guy screams at him, this is not violence, like smashing shop windows. Oh. So while I disagree, I'm like, that like shows, like while they're on the same side, they're on different sides of the same side. And I really, yeah. I thought that was a really that effective. That guy's super wrong. I totally, yeah. I, he's definitely wrong. But I'm like, but I, th- I like that that explained like the two differences between the different kinds of protests. It was a very effective. I mean, way. you can definitely hurt someone by smashing windows. I think that's different though than violently like attacking someone. I think oh, there's sure. a difference between vandalism in protests and violence. In I protests. don't think that it's fair to call violent destruction of property nonviolent. Like if I you don't think we're it... like I will gently dismantle this shop window, <laughs> then that is vandalism. If you are like I'm going to smash this, who fucking cares who gets glass in their face? That's violence. I think if you're doing it at night when like no one's in the shop window, like no one's in the shop necessarily. I also I think it's troubling to conflate it with violent protests because of the punishment enacted on the people who does it is disproportionate. Because I would say if it's not part of a riot and someone smashed a shop window, it, people wouldn't be like, that's a violent crime. People like They would be tried no. for vandalism. So that's why I think that it gets... I, I don't like 100% agree with them. What? I think our conversation is a good example of the result of this movie showing that chaos is complicated and difficult yeah. to discuss. 
I mean, I just, water is muddy. Like, I'm not yeah, for it, water. but I just don't want I don't want people smashing shop windows to be an excuse for cops to start shooting people. So that's why I'm kind of like I'm hesitant. For- yeah, I I mean I don't think cops should shoot people over almost anything. Definitely no. not windows. But I also really don't smash shop windows, guys. Like that <laughs> literally helps no one. I'm not for smashing shop windows, yeah. but I am against people's reaction to smashing shop windows being as pronounced as it can be. Like, I just think about, like, the, the Ferguson protests and, like, people, like, all the focus on the shop windows and not on what people were talking about. Yeah. I do want to mention, though, this the mm-hmm. Black Lives Matter issue is that one thing that was relevant in 1999 was that almost all of the uh, green side of the protesters were white, young white people. Mm-hmm. And then, so they, they had this, the Teamsters and Turtles, they have this, like, labor wing of the protest action and then the like environmentalist wing of the protest action radical anti-capitalist wing also and so like labor wing full of people of color the other wing mostly young white people and this movie completely glosses over that Mm -hmm. and casts andre 3000 and michelle rodriguez as two of the central protesters and then andre 3000's character is basically granola magical negro Mm -hmm. like he's like here's here's my Grand analogy, right? Yeah, my story. Uh, my analogy that will explain everything to you, white people. I am always upbeat and have a song in my step. It was <laughs> excruciating. It was a hundred percent. I particularly dislike the like. Here's an animal origin story yeah. section, <laughs> but I have to say, it is such a joy for me to see someone speaking when I am familiar with their voice absent their face like because like I know oh. the sound of his voice from like singing and, t- and I'm just like I just I love that moment where you're like I'm not used to seeing your face and there's that voice I know so well coming out of it <laughs> and like that is totally nothing to do with the movie or with the role they put him in but I was just like hey hey look I'm recognizing that similar like he did as well as he could in an embarrassing role correct yeah so we should say this movie does have actually a really good cast. Yes. Andre 3000 is just the tip of the iceberg. Michelle Rodriguez, Ray Liotta. I thought Woody Harrelson was very bad in this movie. Woody Harrelson, I think he thought we were going to feel worse for him than we actually did. It was not a very Woody Harrelson-like character. No. Also, Woody Harrelson was Charlize Theron's husband, and I'm sorry to be like, only hot people should be with hot people. But I was just <laughs> very eye-rolly. He must be really funny. Uh, but he's not, is the thing. No, right. he's very dour. Yeah. Which and like, he's I'm not rich. With my mom for he's a, a cop. <laughs> so, like, what? what is... The, maybe he has a huge cock. <laughs> but I didn't like how Woody Harrelson... It was like, Charlize miscarries, and then it all becomes about his pain. Right, because right? she, she goes to bed, herself. Right, she goes to bed and is in, in the fetal position for the rest of the movie, being sad. She blows out a candle at one point. With her fingers. Yes, and then he goes and beats someone up, and it's like he gets to have an emotional arc about the miscarriage. They take time in the movie to show him looking at the water being sad about beating someone up and the loss of his child. Oh, and the time when he's staring at the kid. he Like, there's, like, a kid brought along to protest, and he, like, stares at the kid for five minutes and then, like, goes berserk. Not a great character. No. I did sort of like, although maybe I was like, So, like, he comes into work the next day and is like, hey, boss. I am not equipped to be oh, here. Oh, right. I oh, am yeah. not in the right mental state to be here, and I need to be with my family. And they're like, no. And All so, hands on deck. Yeah, so I guess that's sort of like... That was a cool, that was a yeah, cool thing to show, because that, that probably did happen. 
so I have one question I did want to ask. Um, well, I have two questions I want to ask. Firstly, who was the main pro- the sort of meteor-looking Zach Braff character? He's on Grey's Anatomy. Mm-hmm. Oh, he is. Okay. I know. I the Not only scrubs. literally the only reason that I know that is because I just watched the music video for Toxic, Britney Spears' song. Yeah. Because of a sketch, and he's in it, and Tyson Beckford, the supermodel, is in it, and I tweeted like, "Oh, Tyson Beckford's in Toxic," and someone said, "So's the guy from Grey's Anatomy." Okay. And then when I was watching this movie, and I said, "Oh, it's that guy from." The toxic music video. I bet he's also on Grey's Anatomy. Looked it up. Sure enough. How ironic that he's in a music video called Toxic, but then played an environmental activist. Very good point. <laughs> so, also the second question I want to ask is, which of this star-studded cast would Keanu replace? Very good question. I would replace Ray Liotta. That's what I also because was going to say. I, I also was going to say that it just is the obvious truth. I mean, the, oh, well, the other obvious one is uh, Channing Tatum. But okay, like young Keanu. Young Keanu. But Channing Tatum is so great in this role. This is like, but like this in Haywire, him being a dumb person with a weak moral compass, who at the very <laughs> core of him is actually good. Yep, I think that that's his wheelhouse. That's a good type. He does. He does deliver the line "fucking tree huggers" very well. <laughs> yes. Uh, at the beginning. A sentence that Robin will say from her arms. He reminded me of my cousin who's a cop who probably beats in hippies' faces all the time. And (laughs) (laughs) take that! That was fine, Rocky! (laughs) He would be proud. (laughs) This makes me very uncomfortable. But yes, uh, I would also replace uh, Ray Liotta with Keanu because I think Keanu. There's a great scene at the beginning where Ray Liotta is trying to like play both sides or like yes. make nice with the politicians and make nice with the protesters, and I think it's well done. But I think Keanu would be more certainly more punky for the uh, the protesters to get on board with. But I think he'd also be more sympathetically incompetent throughout the rest of the yes. movie. <laughs> Because uh, Ray Liotta just comes across as kind of frustrated and angry. And I, people are so condescending to him. Like, yeah. I loved his interactions with the governor. Mm. Like, mayors of major cities, like, that's a really important job, okay? Yeah. They, have a, they have a very serious job. And then as soon as someone with a slightly more important job, like a governor or, yeah. God forbid, the president is around, yeah. it's like... Oh, that's so cute. You're a mayor. Yeah. <laughs> and I love that. It's like a, being a high school principal and then leaving the high school. Yeah. <laughs> like, you have so much authority until you're in the giant eagle and then they don't give a shit who you are. <laughs> like, you can bag your own fucking groceries and get out of here. It is exactly like that. And I think that Keanu could have nailed that frustration. Yes, yes. I agree. So something I wanted to say in terms of this having a good cast, and I apologize in advance for being this person, but the guy who is from The Saint... Is in the movie? Friends! Friends! Oh! Russian! That's who that is! Yes! Oh, Regina, for once, you're the person to tell me why I'm not that guy! Yes. Because I went and looked him up on IMDb and it's like a million Polish things. I know, well, he goes from being Russian in that movie to French in this movie. He is not trying to steal cold fusion. Oh, I think he's actually Croatian. Whatever. He's like a European actor. Like, he, he let's find a, out where he's okay. he from, general, general so we don't European. sound like... He's not here. Why don't we get him out of my country? <laughs> well, I just don't want us to be like the people from 15 Minutes and being like, they're from Eastern Europe. But anyway, so this guy... Those damn hippies come into my country, <laughs> and they do their whippersnapping protests. Okay, Guys, so- Robin is actually very liberal. But the thing <laughs> I wanted to say about him while we're looking up where he's from is I... 
at first was like, Ugh, I don't know about his inclusion in the movie. He represents Doctors Without Borders, and he is at the WTO to argue that uh, life-saving medicine should be excluded from patent protections because it is costing lives. Which was, like, the main issue and, at the time. And they constantly show, basically, like, every time he tries to make his presentation or talk or get people on his side, uh, he... His point is overshadowed by the protest. People don't want to cover that. They want to cover the smash shop windows, right. uh, et cetera, et cetera. It's, it's a, your smashed up windows are preventing institutional change. Right. And I, I think that although the movie does include a cartoon, I work for a pharmacy and am unilaterally evil character. Yes. That including people who believe in working through the systems that exist and that, uh, I think he sort of represents that like the WTO has definitively troubling ramifications but he's like but it's here and if i use it in this way i can attempt to achieve my objective and i think that that helped the movie in terms of the bad people being faceless and also that like that that's not real that there are just like individual it's it's a system of individuals and i liked his inclusion and also i love him from the saints so anytime he's in a movie his, i thought it was a cool character to include as well yeah yeah i thought he did i usually see him play villains yes and he was very good as a sympathetic like bureaucrat um, his name is going to cause us the worst trouble we've had with pronouncing someone's name. I think it's Rade Serbedzija, and he is from Croatia. Cool. Uh, I think it's, it's spelled Raid. It could just, I presume it's Rade. Yeah, I thought he was great. So within the WTO, they show him as someone being like, I'm trying to affect institutional change. And then they also have a representative from an African nation that I don't think they ever name nope. what nation it is. <laughs> If we're going to paint Eastern Europe with a broad brush, well, we're going to paint Africa with a, just a big old splash. And yeah. by we, you mean the movie. I, yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I meant white Americans. Yeah. He, he is well, from the nation of Africa. Yeah. <laughs> it, and he, like, stands up at the end and is like, you're taking advantage of us. Yeah. And they show, I like that they showed, like, they're attempting to have a meeting to consolidate their power within the group to have more agency and say within the WTO. Right. And the WTO is like, we're taking your translators because we have more important things by that was so awful i know and i i liked like those moments of it i'm like that to me was way more interesting than oh it's a miscarriage cry cry yeah i don't know yeah i mean i i liked the 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 showing of the two sides inside the wto as well i thought that was really interesting uh and also like yeah even more heartbreaking than the chaos outside i would rather see like i said i would rather see this miniseries than this movie and I think, like, in terms of television, like, I think I only saw the first season, but I think Mr. Robot does a very good job of leaning hard into being like, this is an artistic interpretation of a story that is threaded through very strongly with specific political beliefs. It's not a documentary. It's not a Michael Moore thing. Like, it is like, this is a piece of television. Right. And, you know, granted, like, that was made now and there's been some time. But, like, I just I think that that is more engaging to watch than this was. Yeah, and also the politics in that are more convincingly distilled as well. And complicated. Yeah, they're, they're, they're complicated, but they're also, like, they take the time to, like, really show the characters' perspectives, whereas this, it was just, it felt too shallow and too rushed. And honestly, I think I agree with Regina, how could it not? Right, exactly. There just wasn't enough screen time to, to do it. How did this do? Like, did this have an audience? Were people like, yeah, I'm angry. I want to remember the time I was angry no. then. No, they did not. There's really just, like, there's not much standout stuff. Like, I feel like the majority of what we've discussed is... Our the, personal feelings about protests. And politics. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, I can't really speak to... Like, I'm like, there's some interstitial footage of, I assume, actual protest footage. 
mixed That's in. At least yeah. what it appeared to look like. And it, this movie has a small enough budget that I feel like they wouldn't have bothered to stage it if they could just right. use the footage. Yeah. yeah. One thing I thought was really amusing is that they they filmed in Vancouver, <laughs> at, which is like baby baby Seattle. Yeah. Little Seattle light. And it it was very adorable being like, <laughs> how Canadian. Yeah. Yeah. I did like the opening scene where they are hanging a sign from a crane. It's got a great opening shot. Yeah. And like the, the actual, like the peril that is sort of built into that. I was like, that was one of the, like that and the Charlize scene. I'm like, that was the only time in the whole movie that I felt tense. The, the, the exact opposite of that was the random chase scene that happens between the meaty Zach Braff and Woody Harrelson. I was like, totally unnecessary. Completely oh, pointless. I, yeah. Boring. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't need to see, I didn't need to see that. I also didn't like the scene where Woody Harrelson came up to meaty Zach Braff in jail and was like, I lost my baby. Yeah. No, that's not an excuse for why I beat you up. But I don't blame you. But that's yeah. why it happened in the movie. Because if we just had a, a faceless cop beat you up, then people would be mad. So we get, we made a sad <laughs> cop do it. So faceless cop beat up my wife. So this movie, do we think it would be improved by a prison riot? That's a great question. In the middle of confession, I feel like they're in prison. <laughs> there right. is a riot. Right. Why not combine the two? I suppose that would be taking some liberties with the truth. <laughs> I'm also like, I feel like there's so much rioting already in this. I'm like, wouldn't a prison riot just be taking it too far? Well, I, I guess they're in jail, right? Right. So like, but if they had continued their protesting, yeah. I mean, I guess we're, we're getting into the, we're blurring the line here about what, what counts as a riot and what doesn't. Yeah. But let's assume that the battle in Seattle were riots. Right. Okay. I think I think it's fair to call them that, but I understand yes. people <laughs> we see a lot of people in jail in this movie. Yep. Why not have them continue to riot? I, I'm gonna come down on they shouldn't include a prison riot in it because I think the likelihood that people would see that and think <coughs> that it was real. Yeah. Okay. So I I'm gonna say no to that. And another point that I had about where I think this movie is all about like individual overcomingness mm. is there is a character who is a lawyer and she's at the protest and we know from the very beginning that she has like hesitations about it like she does she doesn't want to be arrested or this or that and she almost like loses her backbone but then she's talked into staying and she stops so this <laughs> she's asleep in a room and then she wakes up and a bunch of people are getting ready to go and straight from being asleep she's like where are you going what's <laughs> happening and i'm like that is not how i wake up ma'am and also if i were getting ready to leave i would not pay attention to someone who's like i just woke up what's happening <laughs> uh, i'd be like uh, i got my shit together i'm going out goodbye but anyway so she like rallies the people that may have otherwise dispersed because like the other leaders are in prison and she brings the protest to outside of the jail so that they can like chant things and the people in the jail will hear them and gain hope from it like her narrative arc is like i was afraid and i doubted but now i'm doing the thing mm. that i believe in and she has like a baby toe-to-toe -to -toe with ray liotta where she's like i'm gonna lawyer for 600 people oh yeah yeah i also feel like when the people are in the prison that's like representative of their like lowest and least powerful state so like trying to riot in that state would so just because there's such this beautiful opportunity for a prison riot doesn't mean that it's narratively smart i you know what yeah. i accept this reluctantly <laughs> yeah it's un it's unfortunate but there is already a lot of rioting it's true uh charlie's in the movie compared to other people i felt like she very obviously was like hey guys i'm the one who's a movie star Enjoy right. the rest of your film. Right. Uh, and she's in it very little. Yeah. yeah. It was like, honey, can 
grocery store and buy bread and then also have a bit part in my movie. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I thought I sure, thought Stuart. Scenes, I thought her scenes were good. I, yeah, she was fine. Yeah, she's great. She's fine. Yep. She doesn't have much to do. Yep. This is our second Charlie's Miscarriage movie. Ooh. Wait. Devil's Advocate? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, and also Connie Nielsen. Yeah. yeah. And it's our second movie with Michelle Rodriguez, but they do not have any scenes together. Shame. Shame. Well, let's rank it. I, this movie was very middle of the road for me, like I, I agree. said. Like, it made me kind of sad, but I am just prone when I watch political things to be sad these days. This was, it, I was interested the entire time. Yeah. I'm not upset that I watched it, but I also don't have a lot to say about it. Yeah, yeah, I like. I think I will probably having not even having seen it. I'm just going to be like, listen to Roger Ebert, watch a documentary about this. Yeah. If you're interested in the protests in Seattle, find out what actually happened. If you're interested in something that's like politically driven about hard leftism and anti capitalism, watch the first season of Mr. Robot. And if you're me and you're ranking this movie because that's what has been asked of me, it's going to come in pretty close to the middle. I'm going to put it between The Legend of Bagger Vance and Prometheus because although The Legend of Bagger Vance it was not my favorite. It has a knee slap gif. And uh, <laughs> that just pulled it out in a last minute reversal because I for a change ranked it before we got to this section. All right. And I am going to put it just above Eon Flux and below Two Days in the Valley. So that makes it my number 13 out of 18. So pretty low. Yeah. Uh, and I am putting it just below the Italian job for Charlesiness reasons and just above Men of Honor for middle-of-the-road reasons. Also, this would, much like Men of Honor, would be better rendered as a miniseries. Mm-hmm. Because it's a complicated story. Yep. Okay, guys, thanks for listening. Thank you to Alex Reed, who we like week after week, and we got to see him, and it was great. You Thank can you. buy his new album uh, from Seeming. It's called, is it called Soul or S-O-L? I think he says Soul, okay. although every time I see it, I think shit out a lot. Me too. Sorry, Alex. <laughs> Seeming. The album is called Soul, a self-banishment ritual. You can get on Bandcamp, do it. It's awesome. The music video that is out, I listen to it at work all the time. It's a really cool song. It's really yeah. good. Also, I don't know, I'm just feeling in the mood. The guys, go listen to High on Film. We like them. Yeah, we do. They are really good. Also, listen you to- You can't handle the truth. Exactly. Just- be a happy person who likes movie podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> and most of all, thank, thank you, Charlize. And now you heard the Theronathon. Every word of the Theronathon. It just occurred the Theronathon. I hope your heart was stirred by the Theronathon. And that your kitties purred at the Theronathon. Your curiosity spurred by the Theronathon. You're turning into a nerd for the Theronathon. And if you flip in the bird at the Theronathon, we are the people together will listen to our podcast. The people together will listen to our podcast. I'm sorry to everyone who's ever protested for that. <laughs>